Hello and welcome to Guru Please, the show about pushing the limits of life and stepping up to live with more meaning, more purpose, and more passion. I'm your host, Jessica Sun. I'd like to introduce Robert or Bud Abbott. Bud has been a marine biologist, a seeker, a student, and a teacher on a spiritual journey. He's the co-author of Transformation, the 60-second mind-body practice, integrating Tai Chi and yoga to manage stress and unlock your potential. Welcome to the show, Bud. Thank you very much. It's very nice meeting you, Jessica. So let's start off with your exploration of these different spiritual pathways, so to speak. You've studied Buddhist meditation, Sufism, the Islamic traditions, Mui, which is a form of Zen training, Tai Chi. Why all of these things? And what led you to a space where you wanted to explore all of these different dimensions to spirituality? Well, you, you go back, you know, very, very far. About 14, I, of course, brought up as a Presbyterian. And at 14, I, I told my mom, I said, Mom, the hellfire and brimstone stuff just does not work for me. <laughs> I was crying. She was crying because it was, a, a, you know, the family thing. That was grandparents and everything. But I, I couldn't stomach it. But she and my dad, they just encouraged me, well, go, go to another church. Mm-hmm. And uh, so the kind of the exploration just, it is just always, always kind of was with me wherever I was. And like in Africa, Nigeria, where I was a teacher, I went through some of the religious experiences of a native community there. But later I was working in, uh, you know, very devout Chile and, and Southeast Asia and, and the, the Middle East and Sultan Date of Oman and certain things about Sufism, uh, the kind of the mystical orders of Islam. I, I got very involved in Sufi dancing and uh, the whirly dervishes and the, the writings of various Sufi masters. I, I went through a period where I was very involved with uh, Hinduism and the, the chanting, the, the meditation practices. In, in Burma, where I was working for the Asian Development Bank, I got very involved with Buddhist meditation, the, the uh, Theravada tradition, the mindfulness meditation. Mm-hmm. Different wherever I was, I and I you could say I indulged in the local culture, including food and and religious journey. Okay, but throughout all of this, I was started doing Tai Chi. Well, bounced to 40 years ago now. I'm just on the cusp of 80, I'll be 80 in six weeks. But I had always practiced Tai Chi, it's kind of like get up in the morning and do something, move around a little bit. and and just always enjoyed it. And I did it everywhere I went. And when I, I, I met uh, Zochi, who was teaching Mu Yi as a, a form, an outgrowth of Tai Chi, I, I was just very taken back by the, the synergy of your neuromuscular system for somatic learning of really important stuff, where you do a movement and you say a word and you feel the emotional intensity of that particular word, your whole body learns. And when your whole body learns, you're able to actually modify your daily behavior in alignment with the meaning of that gesture and that affirmation. Hmm. It, it affected me. I was teaching yoga 
and I always included that in my uh, yoga classes, a few, mm -hmm. few minutes of, of uh, Tai Chi and, and Wu Yi. People loved it. <laughs> young, young kids are one part of it. You know, accomplish your goal. It's, it's like a roundhouse punch in martial arts, you know. And, uh, and I remember this one angry woman, she was going like, yeah, she was angry about an ex, you know, and she acted out and then she started laughing at herself. And I was so struck by that. And, and kids, you know, they're, they're flying around the room. And I was so struck by how it touched people at their core. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I was feeling it at my core. I loved, you know, uh, snake creeps down, wave hands like <laughs> clouds, you know, uh, high pat on the horse. I loved all those traditional Tai Chi type movements in their association. But when I added an English word my my core language and an emotional feeling to that particular movement it affected so i would see it in the course of my day am i speaking my truth hmm. am i accomplishing my goals oh this is an act right now but you are sharing and i saw the very positive aspects of of my daily life being played out based on a program that I had set myself to learn that there in the morning. And it, it just affected me a lot. Well, you know, later I, you know, I started wanting to, to write a book, uh, learn about writing. Somebody said, why don't you write about something that you can really relate to and, and learn about books and publications and things like that. And mm -hmm. I, well, I'll, Where's Zochi? I tracked him down. He was in Ethiopia. <laughs> hey, let's write a book. You know, and he was all for it. He was teaching uh, Yang form Tai Chi in Ethiopia and uh, a wellness program, especially for abused women and, and people who were going through, I mean, Ethiopia, civil war and all tough times. But he was uh, making his contribution there. So we, we collaborated. We wrote this book titled Transformation. Hmm. It's a small book but it reflects kind of the meanings for the affirmations and the, and the, the meaning behind the movements. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, it was very appropriate to this, our COVID age, our isolation, where people are, so many people are trying to sort out what's really important in their life. Yeah. What do they want to do if they get out of COVID? What is the real meaning of their interaction with other people? Is there a better way? And so I thought, well, this has affected my life so profoundly. I would like to share it. So that's kind mm -hmm. of the, the, the nutshell. <laughs> okay. And let's talk about this practice more specifically. You mentioned a movement and then an affirmation. What does that look like? Is it different for different people? Do you change it based on what you want? How does that work? Well, there's, there's 20, 20 movements. It builds a lot on mindfulness and, and uh, Tai Chi and yoga. About half of the movements, you could say, oh, these are similar to yoga asanas. Asana, asana. Okay. Uh, about half of the movements are very similar to traditional yang form Tai Chi. So uh, the very, very first one is when you say in your mind, I'm going to do transformation, it's going to be better for me. You hear in your head, you know, mindfully, <laughs> you hear in your brain that you're going to do something. Mm -hmm. And the next is you're going to begin. Just 
you know, the beginning is a traditional uh, martial arts or, or Tai Chi beginning. You get yourself balanced, your feet shoulder width apart, your head's floating on, and you say, I'm beginning. And then you take a deep breath. Of course, so many of yoga and Tai Chi and other traditions, breathing is so important. And mm -hmm. so you breathe in, you feel it coming in past your nostrils, you fill your lungs, and then you exhale. But in that process, you're doing the very beginning of Tai Chi where your hands come up in front of you and over the hands of an attacker and push them down as you sink down and throw your attacker off balance. But we don't call it that, we, we just say beginning, hmm. breathe deep. And then the next one is you step forward, no fear. Now, brush hands, twist left is, is a traditional yang form Tai Chi movement where you're bringing your right hand back and then you're bringing it forward almost like throwing a ball and your left hand is sweeping across your body to protect yourself from a kick. But in this case, you say, step forward, no fear. And in the Southeast Asian tradition, your right hand is the mudra for no fear. Mm -hmm. Your open hand, you're telling somebody who you're meeting, I do not bring weapons. Mm -hmm. I come here, but at the same time, you're protecting yourself. But here we say, step forward, no fear. And your next step after that is like you're going to go pick up something heavy. And there's really nothing exactly equivalent to that in Tai Chi or yoga. But it's like you're going out and you're harvesting and you're bringing in wisdom, health, relationships, hmm. and prosperity. And you bring, it's like you lean forward and you're picking up a, some logs for a fire. And you bring these concepts, wisdom first. And you bring it to your dantian, the, the center, just below your belly button. Mm -hmm. And then you turn, and it's like you're pushing a car. You're just getting in this position where you're just really setting yourself. But you say the word share. You tilt your head as if you're looking at somebody with compassion. I'm here to help you. I'm, I'm, I'm going to share with you. I have abundance. I have enough. I can share food or knowledge or information, but you can share. You can say donation, you can say gift, you can say uh, charity, but the, the concept is that you have something that you can share with somebody else. Mm -hmm. And so you, you go through these 20 movements like that, where there is a word and there is a particular movement. And to the greatest extent possible, the feeling, the emotion attached with that affirmation, with that movement. Okay. So how long have you been doing this practice? I was looking back and I, I was doing it in 2012 and 13 with uh, Zochi. So that's mm -hmm. about going on 10 years. Okay. We did it together for a time, but we were also doing uh, Yang form uh, 108. And there's kind of a lot of numerological and, and tradition and meditation traditions around the 108. As much as I enjoyed doing the 108 with uh, Zochi, it was doing Mu Yi with him that, that lit my life up, that lit, lit my heart up, that put joy in my heart. And part of it is, uh, you know, like if somebody's in China and they're going to be doing it and where I had used the word share, I'm not going to tell people 
what word to use in their particular birth dialect in China. They would come up with their own word. If somebody's reading Spanish and, and to, 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 to share, they want to use gar to give or something, or French, that everybody should say that word, internalize that word to their, to their birth language when you say share. What, what do you mean by share? How do you feel? If, are you giving away too much? Are you giving away the wrong thing? Are you sharing the wrong thing? There's a, a little mental journey that you would go through as you say these affirmations. I see. And this whole thing takes 60 seconds. How long does it take? I originally said it's 60 seconds because quite often, you know, I get out of bed and I go, oh yeah, I'm going to do this, you know, and you whip through it. Other times, especially when I'm teaching it, I, I would, it would be more on the order of several minutes because I would go back to the traditional speed of very slow, deliberate movements of Tai Chi, where you're, you can mindfully see your hand, let's say your wave hand, cloud hands, that you see the creases in your hand, that you feel your arm coming up. You know your arm is down below, but you don't see it. You, you are doing these things in such a slow way that you can be mindful. Like in, in yoga, you are taking a position as you go into position, you know, how, how is your feet? How is your balance? Mm -hmm. And do you have the right, are you overstretching? Are you over twisting? Are you getting the maximum body play that you can get out of that particular asana? Yeah. And so it tends to be slower when I, when I teach it, but my intent originally was, you know, yeah, just let me just go through this as a reminder of how I want to go through my day. I want to speak my truth. I want to accomplish my goals. I want to be of service. So remind myself that I want to do this. And here's a body motion that kind of locks that feeling, that intent in. Mm -hmm. So in Tai Chi, you can take a half an hour to do 108. Yeah. Or you can, you can just whip through it and you're done in four or five minutes. You know? mm -hmm. And, and each teacher will kind of have their own pace for it. If you look at the, the park, the, the Chinese community doing Tai Chi in the park, you know, there's a kind of a pace, you know, that comes back to you because I always, am I balanced when I do these particular movements? Am I balanced in my interaction with other people? Am I balanced in my spiritual journey? Have I put myself off balance? If I change my feeding and my, my footing, am I more balanced? If I move my head so it rocks easily on my neck, am I, am I in balance now? So I want to slow it down a lot when I'm teaching it. But I'm a practical guy. I got 10,000 things to do, and, you know, raising a family and everything else. You know, you go, okay, I don't have a lot of time here. I'm just, I'm going to go through this because I love doing it. So, you know, 60 seconds. Actually, the, the way the book ended up, it ended up being 90 seconds. They said, no, but you've got to make <laughs> it a little longer, you know, because more typically, but a minute and a half, a minute to go through a few a little reminders of how you want to interact with the world in the day. Now that's, you know, 60 seconds, a minute and a half. Hmm. Most people don't have time to do a 20 minute Tai Chi. You know? yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> our our time frame for everything is like three seconds, you know. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. So from what I understand, this is a deep mindfulness practice that merges meditation with movement, which really helps the mind and the body just fuse together and it's like putting a stamp on something like you're really owning whatever the affirmation was and it sounds like you found this helpful students your students have found it helpful have you noticed that in the day when you're not doing that you'll go back to that moment you know the practice how have you noticed it affecting your life it, it's, it's 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 interesting that uh, during the course of the day, I, I will not do the movements. Mm-hmm. But in the course of the day, as I'm, let's say, I, uh, for instance, if I was writing a, making a donation to a cause, I go, oh, I'm sharing. Yeah, this is, yeah, I can, I, can, I can write a check for $100 to this group. They're doing good stuff for the planet. I'm sharing. You know, in the course of the day, you go like, oh, man, what do I do? accomplish my goals that that will come back to me accomplish your goals you set a goal work on it fella don't just dwaddle around and, and make excuses accomplish your goals and and talking with somebody about a, maybe a troubling subject you go like i will speak my truth don't have to argue it just speak your truth and and move on if there's some really troubling thing coming along you know all of mother Teresa's are really troubling manifestation of the Holy Spirit, you know, some, somebody who's really bugging you. Mm-hmm. And you're, I, I go, I go like, hey, be like the whirling dervishes. There'll be 20 people all spinning around and spinning around and they don't bump into each other. Mm-hmm. And they're spinning around. Wow. They're spinning fast and they don't bump into each other. They just go around each other. And so mm-hmm. I will find, you know, like, oh, Mm, yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right, Mike. Yeah. I, I can, I can just move around you. I don't have to plow into him. I don't have to confront him. I could just move around. Hmm. I can flow on by. There's one, one particular movement, which is like you're blocking a blow that's coming towards the left side of your head and you're bringing your arm up like a blocking to be punched. But in transformation, it is breaking the cords that attach you to your past and the things that you really don't need as you move ahead. You're breaking those cords. Like Carlos Castaneda, the, the Mexican sage, taught that we're, we're, we're attached to a lot of things we just don't need to be attached to. Mm-hmm. And so, so how do you break those up? Well, so I remind myself, oh, that is legacy. I really don't need, I can move on. And you break that off and then you drop your hand to your side as if you're just allowing somebody to go on by you. Just eh, go on by. I allow you to go on by. I, I don't want to fight you. I got better things to do. Yeah. And so you, you, I find myself seeing my daily interaction with the world through the lens of these movements. I see these patterns And this is a very important part of contemporary psychology where the study of somatic learning, body learning, relearning things. Maybe you were traumatized as a child. 
and you have certain phobias or you have certain behavior patterns that you know, <laughs> you know, I really don't need this behavior pattern anymore. I can, I can grow up, you know, I can move on. Mm-hmm. And in somatic learning, you use to train your whole body, your whole mm-hmm. nervous system, your whole hormone system, the whole suite of behavioral tricks that you've learned throughout your life to survive by engaging the body in new experiences, new understandings, you get out of some unhealthy patterns. Mm-hmm. Somatic learning is a, is a very deep subject. I do not pretend that I am a scholar in it or anything like that. But what I've under, come to understand about it, that's, that somatic learning as a, as, a, as a behavioral modification tool in contemporary psychology is very important. And so this is not that I started out thinking transformation was somatic psychology as came to understand, oh, this is the direction that somatic psychology is and behavioral modification is going. Mm, Right. I see. And doing this as a daily practice really grounds it into you and sets that foundation for you to just in your daily life, you'll remember these things more clearly. Yes. And you, and you plant, these are, when you start to look at religions, all the different religions of the world, you, you, you find that these particular things that I've drawn on for, for the book transformation, that sharing is so important. Breathing deep and being aware of your breathing is so important in so many different spiritual practices that saying like Saka Gokaya in the, in the, you're repeating a prayer, you're chanting that saying things that lead you to a higher way of living your life, accomplishing your goals, speaking your truth, Mm -hmm. breaking free, feeling love, I, I, one, the one that came to me that was just, just kind of out of the blue one day, you know, in, in the, amongst the Islamic community, they, the right hand goes to the heart. Salam alaikum. Uh, from, from my heart, I greet you. To me, it became like, feel love. And when you put your hand over your heart, you make that gesture, put your hand over your heart, and you say, feel love. It affects you. You, you feel in your, in your being, in your center of your, of your terso, you feel that expression of, I feel love. I am love. I am loved by other people. I am loved by myself. I am, love is part of the great joy of the universe being shared with us. And you just, you just feel it. And then, uh, you know, the, right after that is feel joy. And you, put your hands way up in the air and you really stretch out and you just go like, and I will feel joy. And that goes with you the whole day. You know, it's like a little, little girl, she's running to see her dad. You know, she's like five years old. She sees her dad or her mom and she just runs and her hands are up in the air and she's running. Yay. (laughs) You know, and when you feel joy, when you say to yourself, I will feel joy. I, I want to feel joy. It's great to be alive. Joy, I want joy to permeate the room wherever I go. <laughs> and so you, you, you do this early in the morning, you know, like, oh, rub your eyes and go, I feel joy. You feel it. You go, 
I will feel joy. I will be the joyful one in the difficult experiences of the day. I will manifest joy. I will encourage joy to enter the room with me. That you bring that, that sense of these body motions mm-hmm. with these thoughts, with these words, with these feelings, it affects your whole day. And <laughs> more times than not, you know, you're in an awkward situation. And you're like, yeah, I'm going to be the happy guy. I'm going to put a smile on my face, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's, it, it really affects me. I think it's a wonderful tool. And I thought so many people are housebound, studio, <laughs> compartment bound. They can't go anywhere. They can't do anything. But they are going to interact with people. And mm-hmm. so have these particular tools as your repertoire. Mm. That's, that's kind of where I went with it. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. It's like a way to frame your day in a sense and set your day up right with the right intentions. And it sounds like you will constantly refer back to these intentions and make decisions based on them. Like if you have a choice in the day, well, am I going to put a frown on my face or a smile on my face? Something goes wrong, you know, somebody cuts you off or something like that. You in that moment decide to opt for what your intention was. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. And you mentioned breathing, which is really important for our health. And there's so many things related to that. And it's not surprising that every religion has breathing as some kind of aspect in it. But you also mentioned sharing. With sharing, what exactly do you mean by sharing? Do you mean speaking words aloud? Or what does that mean? So the movement, you start out the dantian just below your belly button with your hand. And then you bring your, because you've already loaded yourself up with wisdom and health and relationships and prosperity. You've already brought those in tight. So you turn and now you're going to share. And you push like you're pushing something heavy and your arms go out ahead of you and you're like you're pushing out. And you say the word share or sharing, gift or charity, loving kindness you say the word that comes to you associated with the abundance of your own life and that you can contribute to somebody else's life. And so that, that pushing out, and I always suggest, you know, just tilt your head because when you tilt your head just to the right, just a tiny bit, it triggers emotions, the emotion of giving and the emotion of kindness. You tilt your head, compassion automatically kind of streams in. One of the important is like somebody might be giving so much that they, they impoverish themselves. That's why, you know, plant your feet. You're going to step forward. Your feet are going to be solid. You're going to be balanced. And then you're going to give. The thoughts that you care, have with that, so you're, you're, you're going to help out a friend, a neighbor, your grandma, you know, grumpy old guy who's down the street. You're going to help out a little bit. Uh, one of the other movements is called serve. And it, it's like you, you bring your hand, your right hand up to your forehead, like you're saluting. How can I be of service to you? Hmm. How can I be of service to my community, to, the, to the, the planet? How can I be of service to my employer? I want to serve. I want, I want to genuinely be of service. I don't want to just put in the time. 
I want to be feel that my time is of genuine assistance to you. I'm mm -hmm. going to serve. Uh, you know, and the salute is like, a, yes, sir. You want me to charge that machine gun? Yes, sir. I will do that because I am going to be of service in this particular dangerous task, but I'm going to give it all I got. And you take that same sense, I'm going to serve the, the wonderful people who are working in our hospitals, taking care of the people who are sick and dying of the COVID-19. You know, they are manifesting service in the most honorable way possible. And, mm -hmm. and you, cap, you capture... You know, the, the old English system, they, they, you know, when the Lord would come by, they, they, they would tug on their forelock, you know, the hand, mm -hmm. the, the, the hand, you know, tug on the forelock. Some Hindu tradition, the, the rolling of the hands. So to you, sharing means connecting with others around you, even if you're doing this practice on your own. Yes, it's, it's a tool you bring to your relationship with other people. You know, you could bring to them, you know, your relationship with your mom or your coworker. You're in the office or you're in a work situation and uh, somebody says, oh, I'm trying to figure out how to do this particular coding problem. And you could say, well, if you give me something, I will tell you. Or you could just say, yeah, let me tell you how to do that. And you share your knowledge. And the most mystical and important part of, of sharing is that that person is actually a manifestation of yourself. You're going to give something to yourself. Now, if you take it to the, to the ultimate, you go like, I'm gonna actually tell somebody else that they can contact the person who needs something. So the person who receives what you share does not even know you are the person who gave them something that you become completely free of the sense of obligation or entanglement in your sharing. You're giving freely from your heart. Hmm. These wonderful traditions, teaching stories where poor guy, you know, just wants just a loaf of bread and somebody offhandedly here, here, take half my bread, you know, and, and then on their doorstep every year, on the anniversary of that date, there's a small pile of money for them. They don't even know who the, where it came from. They don't even associate what happened a year before that, but they are a beneficiary. And so the person who is, had the piece of bread and lived their life and was suddenly able to do things to become prosperous, they could share. They could share back to their benefactor without the person even knowing where it came from. These kinds of, of teaching stories are what trigger you to think deeper about the meaning of sharing something. You know, people have said, well, bud, you're 80 years old. My God, you, you must know something. What, 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 you know, you've been in all these different countries. You've learned all these different languages. You've been to all these different. In a sense, I am sharing some of the most important lessons that I have learned in my life mm. on how to conduct my life, how I can, how I learned to conduct my life to be a relative success in, in many different ventures and business. And the book transformation is uh, not only what uh, Zochi taught me and what I learned through Tai Chi and yoga themselves, but what 
many other spiritual and, and wise people have uh, passed on to me. It's kind of an accumulation of everything you've learned boiled into this essence of this mind-body practice. Yes. Some people who have, have read this and said, oh, this is really spiritual. And though I, I allude to the religions, many of the religions of the world in the, in the text of the book, I, I differentiate this from the spiritual journey. Mm. This, is, this is a precursor. Hmm. If you have your life organized in such a way that you can actually share things, where you have accomplished a number of goals and you have seen the benefits of that, where you have been of service, where you have spoken your truth, even if it would cost, might cost you your life, then you're, you're, you're getting to the point where you can actually begin the spiritual journey, where you are, in a sense, transformation is what I consider like 101 for the spiritual journey. You take this class and you take these particular teachings, you integrate them into your life. At that point, you're settled. You're knowing how to look at what's going on in your mind. You're knowing how to change what's going on in your mind. You're starting to begin to grasp that consciousness is separate from what's going on in your mind. Mm -hmm. And then you can start the journey to, to the, deep, the deeper part of the spiritual journey where in a sense, uh, samadhi or ecstasy or uh, the, the engagements with the all becomes part of your life experience, then that's, that's what I call the spiritual. But transformation is like, get yourself together. You know, and then you go on a retreat and you start to, you know, 30 days, no speech, meditating all day and all night. Right. Where you where you go on a long fast and you see what's going on, where you meditate day after day after day, just watching what's the stream that's going through your mind and learn how to control it, how to build the imagery that's going through your mind, how to control what's going on in your mind so you can see the difference and so you can occasionally slip beyond the mind into the deeper part of the spiritual journey. So that that's just my opinion about it, uh, but I don't consider this particularly a spiritual thing. It's, it's more like a life practice that enables you, empowers you to be able to do the spiritual journey. Mm, I see, this is a foundational practice to yeah. set yourself up, yeah. Very neat, and thank you for sharing all the aspects of this somatic practice, because I feel like, you know, we know about meditation and we know about yoga, but this is really stripping those down to the essential core of it, which is how do we connect the mind and the body and through our speech set intentions for ourselves. So it sounds like something people can get into because it really doesn't take that long and it's not much of a commitment in the mornings, but it really sets your day up well. And when done repeatedly day after day, you can see the impacts of it. So thank you. 
thank you very much for listening, <laughs> asking questions. I you know, hope that this and the other people you talk to will help the audience everywhere on their own journeys. 